And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And I thank you for tuning in today. If you have any questions, you can send those to me at askandy at luinc.com. I want to get that out of the way now while well, I'm thinking about it while I have the time again. Askandy at luinc.com. And speaking about time, that's what I want to talk about on today's show, time. What is your time worth? Well, let me tell you, your time is invaluable. Can't get it back. And unfortunately, it's often a roadblock because quite frankly, you just do not have enough of it to go around. And when we talk about real estate investing, and that is what we talk about on this program, time is a very, very common mental hurdle for you. You hear us talk about it on the radio, buying a single family rental house, fixing it up, renting it out, enjoying that passive income. I'm gonna underscore that word, passive income. But you think to yourself, man, I just I just don't have the time. I don't have time to find that property to, to buy and do the due diligence. I don't have time to do the renovations to get it fixed up. You talk about buying fixer-uppers on this program, right? I certainly don't have then time to find the residence to rent it out and then to manage the property. I just don't have time. I've been doing this for coming up on a dozen years now as a single-family investor and as somebody that does self-manage his properties and I'll tell you those things do not take as much time as you think they do and we'll get to that later in the show and ultimately what you'll find out when you go down this path and start buying single-family houses or per perhaps you invest in apartments a lot of members at Lifestyles Unlimited do that as well what you'll find out is that you you have a lot more time on your hands <laughs> a lot more time on your hands than you have you have now so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about time today because it is, it, it's your most precious resource. It is not renewable. You, you cannot get it back. No matter how many times you hit snooze on that alarm clock in the morning, it's not coming back. And I'll tell you this for me, this is a year that I'm particularly noticing the, uh, the passage of time. Why is that? Well, I turned 50 <laughs> later this year, 50, five, zero. Uh, five, 50 times around the sun. And I'll tell you, when I was growing up, 40 was the big number. That was, back then, that was over the hill. I can remember my mom approaching that, that number, that decade, and uh, frantically worrying about becoming over the hill. You know, if you're younger right now, you may not know the phrase, but over the hill, of course, it's, it's a euphemism for being old. So at 40, you were old. Well, I cruised past that, and I'm about to have another decade behind me. And I'm not even sure exactly that... I'm over the hill just yet, not quite feeling it. But it's weird if I stop and think about that number. 50 for me is, geez, it's halfway to being 100 years old. Now, in all seriousness, I probably won't make it that long, but if I do, that's another 50 years ahead of me. It's crazy to think about. And if I do, the good news is that I am financially free. Right? We're working on your financial freedom, but I'm there already. I retired in my 
when I was still in my 40s, I still am in my 40s, but retired then, financially free, so I'll have a long, long time of enjoying the lifestyle. A long time to enjoy my most precious resource with my family, which is my time, my time with them. So that's if I think forward, and it's interesting as well if I go the other direction, and I was thinking about this just the, the other day, if I reflect backwards and, and just cut that 50 in half, half my life ago I was just 25, it seems like forever ago. And I can remember when I was 25, um, I heard a very common refrain uh, from people back then. So get this, well, first of all, where was I 25 years ago? Well, that was 1999, what was happening? in 1999. Well, stick with me here. This is going to bring us back to today. And quite frankly, a lot of the things that uh, Americans are doing wrong right now, believe me, I, I did it too. But at the time, I had, I had finished my undergrad work, University of Texas, you know, go Longhorns, degree in, in Russian and, and German languages. What, what, the heck do you, what the heck do you do with that? Now, what did I do? I, I bought a one-way ticket to Moscow, Russia. One way. Seems odd. I went over there with my then-girlfriend, now wife, um, said to her, hey, I want to go practice, I want to go learn some more, here's what I'm going to do. And so we went over there for a year and taught English uh, for, for 12 months in Moscow. We had a lot of time on our hands, by the way. It was just a couple of hours, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, that was it. Spent the time cruising through the city, cruising through the country. But we saved our dollars, we were paid in dollars, and at the end of that stay, we cruised around Europe for... A few months backpacking seeing the sights and that sort of thing and that is when I kept hearing that common refrain so back then people around me recognized uh, older people around me recognized the fleeting nature of time and here's what they kept telling me they said Andy you're doing it right travel now while you're young while you have time travel now before you're saddled with responsibilities and saddled with debt consumer debt Right, and the burden of a, a lifestyle, keeping up with the Joneses, right? continually building that lifestyle, taking on more debt. Do it now before you're in fact too old to travel. And again, it seemed like good feedback to me at the time, but I'll tell you, perhaps back then, there would have been better advice, because what did I do? I wound up doing what they did. I went back to school, because I didn't know what to do exactly with Russian and German. It was like liked the degrees, liked the languages, but went back to grad school and got more good grades and loaded up on student loan debt and entered the corporate world. So I entered a little bit later than perhaps a lot of you did. Maybe that's a good thing, but um, fortunately I kept it short because the advice I think I would have rather heard back then would have been to hear, yes, go get a solid job now, Andy, and work hard now, early in your young years, and get enough capital into place to do the things that we talk about on this show right here, Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Invest in residential rental real estate. Push hard now to get that rental portfolio built at a young age. Right, common regret of most investors I know is that I did not start sooner. And that is essentially my lament right now. Now, I've had a good life. I've enjoyed our everything we've done. But if I think about time in that context, if I had started building this rental portfolio that I have now at the age of 25, 25 years ago, man, man, but that did not happen. That did not happen. It's not the feedback, not the advice I got. The people around me did not know any better. And that's common. That's normal. They only knew the conventional 
wisdom path. Go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get a job. And that's what I did. I went down the path that most, most other Americans do. The conventional wisdom path. But it's interesting. I got off that path, fortunately, like I said. But it's interesting to me now because if I look around, that very path has actually shifted lately. Get, getting those grades and getting that good job is no longer good enough. So what are people doing these days? A lot of people out there. The side hustle, right? That's a common refrain now as well. Let's talk about the side hustle. Back then, the common refrain I heard was, hey, yeah, it's great you're traveling now. Now that refrain is go get a side hustle, a side gig. And around 40% of Americans, in fact, per studies, recent studies, they do have side hustles. And there are various reasons why, but for a lot of them, it's out of necessity. And this is where I need you to take a, a moment, just stop and ponder this fact, whether you have a side hustle or, or not. 40% of Americans do. And then think about this. If the conventional wisdom path that we talk about, that we learn about in school and throughout our life and hear from our peers and our elders, if, if that conventional wisdom path actually worked, do you really think that that many people would need a side hustle, would need a side gig? No, no, it's, it's really just a glorified term for a second job. And just like any job, it takes your time. What are some common side gigs at the moment? I'm sure you've observed a lot of these, probably used some of these. When we went overseas, we, we, we called a rideshare. Uh, we used a rideshare app to get to the airport and to get home. That's a very common side uh, hustle at the moment. Ride sharing with various apps, whichever you use or want to use. Food delivery by way of those same applications. These things take your time. Not just your time, but where on your your vehicles, of course. Content creation. I, that's what I'm doing right right now, in fact. But content creation, right? Blogging, writing writing articles for for others, trying to draw eyeballs to websites, um, other online activities, drop drop shipping, Amazon, that sort of thing, right? Selling products, eBay, a lot of things that involve movement of goods, cleaning. I was doing some research here. A lot of people are getting into house cleaning at the moment and a lot of freelance just just general freelance activities just to name a few there are a lot lot more out there and you may be involved in one and the problem is with any of these you 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 are either fully engaged non-stop during your free time right because this is a side hustle which implies that you have a regular job as well so that regular job 40 50 60 hours ends now comes your free time and you're devoting your free time to this side hustle. If you're not fully engaged in that, in that free time, then there is no income for the most part, right? Or you're grinding, constantly grinding to grow that, that side hustle to, to chase down more, more business. And that's a problem with most of the side gigs out there is the grind never stops. So you're on that conventional wisdom path, you get the great, the great job, but you have to work the job and it's not panning out quite like you thought it would financially. So now you've got the side hustle and you've got to grind and grind and grind on top of the, the daily grind. A truly great side hustle is one where you get it started 
and you're not perpetually bound to that thing. And the side hustle I'm talking about is residential rental real estate. There's a reason why we talk about passive income. There's a reason why it's passive. There's a reason why I'm able to do all the things I do with my passive income portfolio in place. Even though I self-manage my properties, we're able to travel, we're able to homeschool our child, we're able to do so many, many things because I'm not having to perpetually keep that grind going. It is a common mental hurdle as I open the show. When I talk to people about real estate investing, people that have never done this, maybe they've thought about it. They kind of, they heard what we do and they're, they're interested common mental hurdle and there are many mental hurdles out there but a very big one is simply that phrase that common refrain again I just don't I just don't have time so I've talked about in the start of the show kind of some of the common paths we follow the conventional wisdom path which leads nowadays for 40% of us to the to the side hustle which just eats more of our time and I want to now shift gears and we're going to head into a break here in just a moment. And what I want to do now is really address that common mental hurdle, which is I don't have time. How much time does it really take? Right. As a single family investor, most people start out buying single family rental houses. Eventually you may you may shift into apartments like we've begun to do. But I, but I want to take a look at that that phrase. I don't have time and look at a few of the let's say stages in the single family rental house cycle and take that apart help you understand that that should not be a mental hurdle that should not be a fear when you get this going that ball rolls it is passive your hands off you enjoy your time speaking of time quick break we'll be right back Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Want to continue the conversation inside the community? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook. Stay up to date on upcoming events, market trends, member stories, featured podcasts, real estate wisdom, and more. You can even join us a couple of times a month as we go live with our case study events right on Facebook from the comfort of your home. Get online and get in the know. Turn listening on the radio into participating in the community. Like and follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. I thank you for tuning in today. And we're taking a look at time, right? I'm about to hit the big five zero, clearing another decade, sending that behind me. See if I get to 100, that's that's another 50 years. But even if I don't, you know, we've, we've put things into place that we're really enjoying our time right now. And I would like you to do the same, ultimately. By the way, if you have any questions throughout this show or any others, you can send those to me at askandy at l-u-i-n-c. Dot com. I'll take the time to answer those myself. I do enjoy your, your questions. Again, askandy at luinc.com. But you have a common mental hurdle, hurdle that a lot of people do, especially because you are working, right? You're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You've got a family. If you're like, like I'm experiencing now, we just started uh, basketball, right? We've got basketball practice and you know, at least once a night, uh, once, an, uh, once one evening a week, we've got basketball game on, on the weekend. 
We had jujitsu going for a while. All kinds of activities around our kids. If you have kids, that that is a big time drain as well. Enjoy that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong when I say time drain, but it does take it does it takes your time. And that common lament that common refrain comes out when we talk about buying a rental house you say I just don't have the time so let's take that apart now and just kind of walk through a few of the stages in the cycle of buying a rental house and talk about what is the time now I don't have an exact number for you you know maybe one of these months I should sit down and actually time myself I've done this in prior jobs where time was important as a finance guy and processes and all that fun stuff Never really done it for what we're talking about today, but I can just tell you anecdotally, none of these things take a lot of time. But let's start about the, let's let's talk about the cycle, and we'll start with buying because that's you got to buy a rental house before you can own a rental house. And you think I don't have time to find that house, I don't have time to find that property, and I'm in this stage right now. We sold the house uh, late last year. We've got some capital, so we're looking to we're looking to deploy that. So I personally am in this stage, this buying stage right now. How much time am I spending every day and every week? What have I been talking about on the show? Traveling. We went overseas for several weeks, homeschooling my son, going to his sports activities. I have realtors, and I have something called wholesalers out there that I know, that I've met over the years, that are looking for properties so that I don't have to. So I'm leveraging their their knowledge and their, their time. I've got a couple of printouts here. I probably won't look at these with you during the course of today's show, but uh, a couple of emails I got recently from the Lifestyles Realty team out of various markets. Right, I'm seeing leads out of Kansas City, Missouri. I'm seeing leads out of Springfield, Missouri, over in various parts of Georgia, South, Car South Carolina, good numbers, North Carolina, uh, Texas. Actually, chased down. We were we were we were we were close on the hunt of one here in North Texas, and and, and in fact entered the contract period. I didn't, I didn't find this house. Realtor brought it to me. Then we started, got the contract, started due diligence. Was I out there nitpicking the house, putting my, my scope of work together? No, no. Inspector went out, did that for me. General contractor, we send those out. They put those estimates together. They're doing that legwork. So even during the due diligence period, once we're under contract, um, not a lot of time. Now I do encourage you, you know, if you're in the area and you can go look at the house, yeah, you should. And over the course of the contract period, we figured out, okay, this, this one's not quite the right one for us. We're, we're going to use our option and, and exit. This was on the MLS. This was on the market. But due diligence doesn't have to take a lot of your time. Neither does finding the property. And when it comes to some of the finer details of the contract period, getting money to your uh, to earnest money and whatnot, option fee if you have one to the title company, money's flow online these days. I did that all from, from my phone, in fact. Um. And when it comes to closing, do I have to go down to the title company? Sometimes you may be out of state. You may be in Canada or you may be in Australia. We have members there in Germany as well. You may not be able to go down to Georgia to sign at the closing table. Well, a mobile notary can come out. And even here in Texas, if I'm buying a house down the road, more often than not, we're just going to tell that mobile notary to come to us because we recognize that our time is valuable. So this is a big, big part of the process. You can't own, own a rental house if you don't buy one. And it seems like a lot of time is going to go into that process, but it doesn't have to be, okay? And we talk, for example, at our two-day financial freedom seminar about that process and about buying and finding property. I think probably the big, you know, if I stop for a moment and, and think, I'm just uh, thinking about what I did yesterday. I got, I got a great lead on a house. 
I spent about 15 minutes online reviewing. This was out of state. I can't go look at it. Just doing my due diligence uh, with comps, sold comps, rent comps, running my numbers. That's about it. That was probably the bulk of it. So time to find a property to buy. Don't let that be an excuse. Ah, but you buy it. And we talk about buying houses that need work, that need renovations. The next refrain that I hear is, well, I don't have time to do the renovations. No, you don't. And you shouldn't be out there doing the renovations. We talk about this a lot. Use other people's time here as well. A good general contractor will have you covered. If you want to build your own team and manage as your as, as a GC, you can do that pretty much remotely as well. Um, but with a good GC, they're going to have you covered. You know, when we started this 12 years ago, um, that's what we did. We leaned on a general contractor, had great processes, had a lot of video, a lot of uh, pictures. And this was in the DFW area. I could go out there every other day if I needed to, but we didn't have to. This particular GC had great processes. So as you engage GCs, find out what their processes look like and what kind of updating they can do for you, especially if you're investing remotely. Regular updates with pictures and videos, that's all it takes if you have good processes in place. Now, I know a lot of people that are DIY owners that find the houses on their own, have marketing programs, stuff like this. That will take time. And if you followed our motto, first and foremost, let me tell you this, best product, best price people are going to want to rent that house from you. And you can put processes into place here to really shorten that that time commitment. Showing the house, ah, ooh, that can take a lot of time. Well, you know, not necessarily. These days there are things called block boxes that are automated with uh, rolling pins, rolling codes to get in. Uh, you can automate that process as well. So if you have a good a good process in place, I think that's the key word here, and you have a good team in place, this does not have to take any more time than any other parts of the process. Now you do need to have a good screening process in place and I encourage you to be involved here. You wanna make sure that you have good, uh, let me strike that, you wanna make sure you have great residents in place. This is very important because this will impact the rest of your hold period. Because guess what? Now you've got the, the property stabilized, rehabbed, you've got residents in place, now it's time to manage the property and if you have a good screening process and make sure you put the right residents into place that management I can tell you this because I self-manage that management is nothing now if you say hey I'm still working a lot I don't want to deal with this well hand that house or the houses maybe you have multiple at this point hand those over to a property manager they can do the lease up and they can do the management for you as well now you'll give up a little bit of your rent for that so make sure the numbers work as you analyze properties if that is your plan. But yeah, I know a lot of great investors that do that very thing. They don't touch the properties at all. They hand it over to a manager. But again, as somebody that self-manages, I will tell you, if you have gotten a good education under your belt and put good processes into place, this, this does not take much time either. I mean, I self-manage a double-digit portfolio of houses both around Dallas-Fort Worth and in the Houston area. And I... I don't commit much of my time in, in my day, in my, in my week, or in my month to, to the portfolio. Again, best product, best price. If you're going in and fixing everything up front, you're going to have low to no maintenance. And if you have everything fixed up and that house looks great and you price it right, you're going to have great residence with good screening, of course. That makes it easy. What other parts of the process might come up? You know, occasionally people move right? You might go through a renewal. Well, that just is cycling back to that lease up part. 
uh, not a not a renewal, but rather a lease up, remarketing the property. Well, you've done it once. You've got your processes refined. You keep going. You'll have a little bit of make ready, which is where, you know, outgoing resident, maybe there's a little bit of wear and tear, touch up the paint, things like that. If they're great residents, they've taken good care of the property, so there's little to do. And if you have good, regular, ongoing processes, you have somebody out there on your behalf, maybe you do this yourself, checking on the house regularly. And if something is broke, it fix it now so that when it comes time to market that house, it's ready to go. Renewals uh, with the existing resident base, it's just doing an analysis online quickly, market comps for the leases, and hey, here's my offer. Other operations, boy, we just sold the house. What was my time commitment there? Um, put it into the MLS and let it go. Other people show the house. Other people write up the contracts. We review those. We say yay or nay. Go to the closing table with a mobile notary, as we talked about. So a lot of the processes where you get hung up and think, I don't have the time, it doesn't really take that much time. Taxes, tenants, toilet. That's the other common refrain we hear. By the way, taxes, hire a CPA. I really encourage you. I was talking with an investor the other day. He's been doing this for decades, and he does it himself on online, TurboTax, whatever. Hire a CPA. Hand that off. So you may be noticing as I've gone through these various parts of the cycle of the stages of buying, fixing, leasing, managing, selling a single-family house, I'm not doing all these things myself. I have other people on my team. I'm using their time and their knowledge. We talked about this on a recent show using other people's money, using other people's time, using other people, other people's knowledge. So where does the work as an investor really come? For me, the big work was 12 years ago. It comes up front. And I don't mean the, the buying the house and rehabbing that house. I'm talking about you working on you. The front end time is really spent around education and building a team. This is really, if you're just getting started, this is really where you should focus your time right now. And then once you have that behind, you've gotten the education, you can refresh here and there, right? I, I like to go out to the two-day financial freedom seminar once a year at a minimum, just to hear what's going on, talk with others, network with you. Know, it's not just people there for the first time that show up, by the way. There are other experienced investors that come out as well. And I like to com com compare notes, see what the mentors have to say, see what the, uh, presenters of the of the financial freedom seminar are talking about so once that's behind you that education you're set of course you might be thinking well Andy you've got a lot of houses do more properties take more time no I'm gonna go back to team once your team is in place and this is what you do on the outset as well build up that team generally the same team can service one property or 50 you know for example deep freeze coming you know this is kind of an overhead activity I just send out one email. It doesn't matter if I have one house or 50, one email goes out with a freeze warning. Do these things, blah, 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 protect your pipes, etc. It's that easy. And you'll find other, you'll ultimately, you're gonna find other efficiencies in things like what we just talked about, communication, accounting, regular ongoing things like scheduling annual um, air conditioning servicing. So even with a port, you know, for single family portfolio spread all around the area, you're gonna find some economies of scale. Now, it's never going to be quite like you'll encounter in apartments, and we talk about those as well at the two-day, but the, but the economies of scale, they, they are there. And once you get there, now you are financially free. Now you are real estate retired. Now you have control of your most precious commodity entirely, and that is your time. 
what does it look like when you're real estate retired? You know, I have friends that just got back from five weeks traveling around Spain and Portugal. Now they've jetted off to Thailand for a month. That's what they do with their time. I have other friends that like doing what my wife and I do with our son, traveling the United States in an RV, motorhome, travel trailer, doesn't matter. That's what they like to do. That's what we like to do. Others I know, getting into local politics, getting involved in community services, getting involved with their churches, getting closer to their families that they've missed for so long. You know, for me, it's the, like I said, opportunity to spend time with my son, homeschooling him. What would that look like for you when you attain financial freedom, when you are real estate retired, when you own your time? That's up to you. But you need to ask yourself, is staying on the conventional wisdom path going to get you to that financial freedom? Is it going to gain you back your time? Is taking a side hustle on top of that job going to solve the problem for you? If it is in the vein of the conventional side hustles, probably not. If it's real estate, yeah, it sure can. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and uh, check out our free workshop. That'll get you started on that education. Education and team start there and then start to build. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.